I got to see kind of everything. I got to see the, the really goods of, of racing. I got to see kind of the not so goods. Um, and, and as, as my years at a pro, I was, you know, I, I turned pro as, as a pro sport in 2005 and raced through 2013. Episode 158, Tank Slap and Pod. Back at it once again, another interview pod coming at you we got aaron king coming on the show eric stoked for this one yeah no that's gonna be a lot of uh a lot of great insight he's been uh you know around for a while uh you know you know definitely your kind of era as well so you guys probably have a lot of um great memories to think back on you know uh you know both sons of accomplished riders uh you know in around the sport for a while but as we were saying uh, before we got on the air you know just uh a lot of great, uh, you know, insight and, and um, really excited to learn a little bit more about him. I've always just seen the name, but now I get to, you know, I get to really know who he is. Yeah. He's kind of low key, man. He's been, he hasn't, he doesn't post a lot on social media. It's like a lot of these riders from that era, when they retired, they kind of stay really low key and he hits me up a little bit here and there. It's, it's always good to hear from him. I always liked Aaron. He's a uh, super non like controversial, <laughs> just goes out, rides his bike and, just really nice guy, really nice family. I've always loved the King family and stoked to have him on. He's a really, really underrated rider from that time period. And yeah, it's going to be cool to kind of chat him a little bit. He was always kind of year, a year or two ahead of me. I think he's actually younger than me, but I think he went for the Horizon Award the year ahead of me. I don't know. I started kind of late to the game, but yeah, he's a, he's a great rider and he's done a lot of really cool things. So excited to have him on. Um, also we have some common, common stuff going on with his dad raced. I, I raced, you know, my dad raced. So kind of, we're both kind of known as, you know, he's known as Rich's son and I'm Shana's brother, Cruz's dad. So it'll be cool to kind of <laughs> chat about that a little bit as well, but want to make sure we shout out these sponsors and make, make this show happen week in and week out mission foods, stoked to have them on board, supporting our podcast. Buy some tortilla shells, buy some chips, buy some salsa, keep them going. It's uh, underrated what they're doing for the sport and keeping everyone kind of going, dialed in. So appreciate Mission Foods for supporting everything we're doing. Yamaha Motorsports and Yamaha Racing. Check out their website at yamahamotorsports.com. I can't wait to get my 2024 50th anniversary 450F. It's going to be I'm hype. I'm hype on it. It's like got the purple graphics and yeah, just upgrading my bike. I, I love my 23, but the 24, just the purple did it for me. I'm a nineties kid. So super, super cool. What that bike looks like bell power sports, check out bellhelmets.com to view their full line of products. Race star flex moto 10 are the helmets. I wear if you start tank slapping. You want to be protected by bell any motorcycle since 1901. Indian motorcycle has been the choice of riders who make their own rules Check out a dealership near you. Whole Shop Power Sports in Fleming Island, Florida is a supporter of Winter Throwdown. They do a lot for, for what we're doing at, at that event. So if you're local to Florida, go check out Whole Shop Power Sports and test ride a motorcycle. Moto America, appreciate their support of the podcast partners for a few years now. If you haven't already, give them a follow on social media. They released their 2024 schedule, man. It's kind of cool that some series get the schedule out quicker than others, but... <laughs> Well, uh, yeah, we won't, we won't get into that too much, but no, it's, uh, it's cool what Moto America is doing. They have a really cool, 
events like lined up for next year. And yeah, check them out. Subscribe to the Live Plus package if you can't make the events in person. Dunlop motorcycle tires, 19-inch and 17-inch flat track tires, off-road street. Appreciate everything Dunlop does for the sport. They are the spec tire for American Flat Track and Moto America. And Roof Systems, Roof Systems of Dallas, Texas, commercial and industrial roofing company with nearly 40 years of experience. Appreciate Jerry for supporting the sport at the amateur level, the pro level, events, everything he's doing. Check out his website, commercialroofsystems.net. What's up, dude? Uh, big weekend of racing. We, we're still going strong over here in the East Coast. We actually have a pretty yep. busy October. I thought once my last Moto America round was over that I'd kind of kind of have a break but all these local races and little man wants to keep riding and we had a ryan barnes memorial race saturday so we're still going strong and i see you guys are uh racing as well yeah no it's about ready to uh i would say the season's about ready to kick off in northwest you know uh the indoor season out here is almost more more uh popular than the outdoor stuff so that's getting ready to kick off so everybody's hyped on that one um but i wanted to give a special shout out to my son's uh uh racing buddy that was uh really hurt uh injured over the weekend brody or um it was just uh uh awful incident that happened over the weekend where uh they oh god i you know he was um him and another guy were coming off the corner they sent the water truck out but the flaggers and the staging didn't get the memo the sun was going down the water truck couldn't see what the hell was happening and the the little kid got hit by the water truck and it was just a calamity of errors and Brody, you're in the thoughts and prayers, buddy. I know uh, your family listens to the podcast. So, um, you know, all the kids, all they, I mean, like the kids put up four, two, seven on their little fingers when they were on the pot or on the podium and stuff. So the entire uh, community out here in the Northwest um, is just thinking of uh, Brody and his grandpa, Matt and the parents. And I uh, just want to say that, um, it, we know you'll be back on the track for too long buddy holy shit yeah i didn't know man that's yeah it was bad that's yeah, not good bad. at all and that's so. i don't want to throw anyone under the bus but that's that that shit can't happen that's inexcusable that's like my biggest fear yeah. dude is is something like yeah. that happening so holy and, it, fuck. And, and there's not anyone's like you know it wasn't like one person made a malicious uh calculated error that allowed that to happen but it was you know just one little thing that just compounded to like the worst possible fucking outcome that could have happened. And no one's like pointing fingers or anything, but like, well, yeah, somebody needs uh, to take some accountability because yeah, it, it no, just can't happen for again. sure. Like it's, yeah, that can't happen. Yeah. 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 There's yeah, local tracks, ah, man. Yeah, we they, we they all got to put a banner. Yeah. We all got to do better, yeah. man. Local tracks and, and promoters and everybody's got to, I mean, that stuff, it just, people just forget about that kind of stuff, man. Like it's, uh, it's stuff that it's such, you don't expect it to happen and people get complacent and they just, they're rushing or they, there's not good communication. And that's, uh, yeah, hopefully, hopefully we can learn from that and everyone listening can, uh, can take extra care of, of that as we move forward. But yeah, thoughts to little man. That's a shame. Um, hope he, he's the one that, uh, 
all he's been chasing all year. So he was coming closer and closer and closer. And so we just had to, you know, tell, Hey, Ollie, go get some popsicles. We don't want you to be around here. We want you to, you know, go oh, be a man. kid. So yeah, uh, that yeah, was bad Sorry for sure to hear that, but yeah, man, no, that's what's yeah. up. That's what's yeah. up. Do you guys race anywhere other than Spokane? I mean, it's crazy. There's really only one track out there, right? I mean, you have the, uh, the yeah, Coast so rounds, we do, but... yeah, we do the castle rock and then, um, Spokane and then Missoula has the big Lords of dirt. Boise has their track. Um, it's kind of crazy really, though. Yeah. You don't have much like really, I mean, for no, us, we, it's, don't. we have probably, man, we have like, I have 12 racetracks in our district where, Jesus. where yeah. we're running. <laughs> um, yeah, it's actually and crazy. all the tracks are all the tracks in your, do they all have TTs like in them as well? That they'll no, do like one round. No. Okay. So no, we all have, of uh, our tracks TT, or two do TT. that. Yeah. Okay. No, we don't do yeah, that. So that's how they get the the variety but no we gotta we gotta hit the road for uh little man to to get different kind of tracks and obviously we we come back to uh the midwest all the time so he gets a lot of that but no it's um that's yeah so there's the mainstays but then uh then obviously in the uh the the winter indoor series there's like 17 goddamn um indoor tracks that are out here so there's a lot of uh, a lot a lot of opportunities to go into a small circle so it's fun yeah, I mean, I'm looking here now at our district schedule. We have Shellhammers, which is like a really slippery clay short track. Gratz, which is a cushion half mile. Happy Ramblers TT, which is a really tight TT. Piston Poppers is a pretty big, fast TT. Bloomsburg half mile. Baps is a is a really nice clay half mile. Airport Speedway is a really slick little clay track. Hunterstown is a little slick clay track. Timonium is a really small sandy bullring track lincoln speedway is like a world of outlaws style clay track oh yeah damn it's crazy and then we have our indoors as well which i don't know apparently washington they're just far and above everybody at a uh, indoor oh, racing like, i don't want to overstep. don't even no i know i get yeah. it dude sorry we don't want any yeah, fucking problems <laughs> yeah please don't beat me up <laughs> Um, Shelby Miller's about to call in and put you in your place if you, oh, if you diss. I'll make Shelby my <laughs> bitch. <laughs> hey, you know what's uh old uh little Dicklin, uh he's uh out in Washington right now. He's getting ready to do the first round of the Pialup indoor series. So um we'll have to see what he uh what he's he at your house or uh, the No, he's out at his uh oh, you know, big rookie of the year. I got a girlfriend now, so he's uh he does uh, out with the uh, the girlfriend's family. Yeah, so oh, cool. Is she racer? Yeah. yeah, none of the whole beers family uh, out here. Eric uh, is the dad. Like, she, and and Haley, she's fast. Like, so uh, little Dicklin, uh, you know, he hit it out of the park on that one. He's he's dating a racing family, but they invited oh, cool. him out for Pialup, and we'll see what uh, we'll 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 see if Shelby punts him into the fucking you know. Oh, I hope outer he does. Space or yeah, I hope he lets him know, dude. <laughs> I hope Shelby does, dude. I love, dude, I, I love Shelby, dude. He he's not a mean, mo- not a mean bone in his body, man. So I, I know. Yeah, I'm a, it's I'm good. Team Shelby for sure when it comes to that. I always <laughs> like to see Shelby do good indoors. He's uh yeah, the funny fucking guy. But yeah, man, that's that's cool. We uh, I mean, I, the the racetrack I rode over the weekend, it's basically as small as an indoor. I've never rode that track. I've always kind of avoided it because it it didn't what, look like it was that. What were those shoes fun. that you were wearing? They're my keens, bro. They're my keens. They're my dude. It was muddy, man, and it was muddy. It rained. It poured all night. Like they canceled the race on Saturday because it poured, and then they had it on Uh, Sunday. And yeah, it was it was muddy, and 
I'm 36 years old, bro. Like I'm a dad. I can wear whatever the fuck I want. Um, people were getting sweater me was cool though. <laughs> yeah, sweater was sick. My whole kid is sick, man. I got, I mean, I still have some style. I mean, I got a, I hang out with Cody and Trent and Evan and they all have these Yeezys and all the, oh, yeah. you know, Supreme, all this, all this fancy clothes. So I gotta, I gotta stay up to date. So I don't want them flexing on me too hard. Cody's got, <laughs> Cody's got his singles, his milk money. He's always, you know, yeah. be falling out. But I'm like, bro, relax. You made a thousand dollars. Like that's, he's buying all this fancy shit. They're spending all this money on the, on clothes and shoes. They're not going to have a house till they're 40 years old. They're going to just live in the basement because they're blowing their money on Yeezys. But, hey. uh, if I was Cody, I would be milking the the parent train for as long as I can. And their house is dope. So <laughs> no, just he, stay there, Cody. <laughs> he he probably makes he makes way more money than most people would think, actually. So shout out to Cody, but don't blow your money, idiot. <laughs> Fucking save it. He'll buy and he'll buy Yeezys <laughs> and then he wears them at the track and gets them all muddy. They're like three hundred dollar shoes. It's they're not making uh smart decisions smart decisions. But yeah, those those boots are sick. Those those keens i mow the grass in those suckers all the time and yeah i i, I like them make they make me a little bit taller too it takes me from five seven to five eight so i i definitely <laughs> i ain't mad about it at all but i dude there i wasn't even planning on riding i i i kind of was and then the race rained out and i didn't really feel like working on my bike um the bike I rode, it hasn't been on dirt in I probably two, three years. Uh, I didn't even start it since last November. So I started it up. It's like the third kick and fired up. It was caked in cobwebs. It was just sitting in the back of my garage, started it up, changed tires, changed gearing. And, uh, and I didn't even check or drain the oil. And I drained the oil after the race yesterday and it was bad. So I should have probably put a little bit more effort into it, but dude she ran good that bike is that's my favorite oh, bike if you talk to robbie bobby he knows like that's my bike that 2010 honda i love it yeah i won i won the uh that's open right. a and the uh ryan Barnes memorial so it was it was cool i had to run down bromley he was he got out ahead yeah got up to was him it i didn't fanders want... that was the, on the podium as well yeah Braden. he won it last year he's okay. he's really good on okay. those little slippery tracks and bromley's good on them too and I, I, I wanted to win that sucker, dude. I, I, I wanted to, to win it for sure. It's just some guys when they win, they're just, they just don't let you hear the end of it or they talk about it more. And, and, uh, and probably he's a good rider, but man, he really, he likes to, he likes to, you know, let you know that he won that race. And he well, put, it's good uh, that you and Bromley both were off the couch that weekend <laughs> and put it on the box. Nah, he's fine, dude. I think, uh, I, I think he's a great rider and he's definitely, yeah, he is. you know, he's, he's, he's definitely good on those kind of tracks. And he was on a Honda man. And I've heard, uh, some rumor mills that he might, he might be on a Honda next year on that, on that Honda twin they just put out. I don't know if they want me mm -hmm. releasing that knowledge, we're but, nah, we're but I'm, stirring not, that pot. I'm not contracted. That so yeah, Bromley. And yep. then, uh, another guy actually I heard is, Yep. rumored to be on it who is uh was a single wild for a and few years. crazy yeah a wild and crazy singles rider we'll just put yeah that. That's we won't talk that. we won't drop any names but <laughs> it it rhymes with funner so yeah um possibly could have a two rider team on the hondas and dude i got a lot i today i've been on the phone all morning i got a lot of silly season rumors yeah. popping up man and you know maybe yeah, we'll do a bunch over the weekend at the race because cody and uh and shelby and everybody were over and yeah. you know just 
they're just bullshitting. And oh, yeah. I heard a bunch of rumors, unsubstantiated, but uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I season. I try to be, I try to be respectful of the like my peers and everybody in the sport. I don't like to drop too many rumors, but the guys, I mean, those two that I talked about it, you know, they, uh, the one was over the weekend racing, uh, ra- they both, it's, they're showing signs. That's kind of the direction they're, they're leaning toward. Yep. And I saw the, saw the Honda twins. Uh, I don't know much about the program. I mean, everyone's hyped up on it, but I don't know what frame, I mean, I'm sure it'll be cool, man. So uh, yeah, we'll see. I don't know. I don't know where they're going to race though. Cause there's not a schedule. So I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what the building bikes oh, do. Oh. Yeah, building bikes to race, race winter throwdown. Probably that's what I'd be doing if I were them. But yeah, oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, man, it should be uh, <laughs> should be good. But stoked to have our guest on the podcast. He's on now. I think he's at work too. So this is cool. We get to uh, pull him away from his his uh his actual job. But Aaron King, man, how are you? Good, good, Corey. How are you? I'm good, man. It's. It's good to hear your voice, bro. It's been a while. I don't even remember the last time I've seen you. What's what's uh what's the last race you were at? Yeah, so it would have been uh probably Peoria, um, two thousand thirteen or fourteen, I think. It's probably the last race. It's been yeah. a while, yeah. Come yeah, on, that's ten years. So that's crazy. Yeah, no, it's it's cool, man. I got a lot of a lot of stuff I want to chat chat with you about. I have my co-host Eric on who he's been doing some research on you. He brought up some, some old press releases and photos and yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff. Definitely. I want to talk about man, but want to, I'll get right into it, honestly. So you're, you know, Aaron King, you had a really good amateur career, went on to be a professional, but it's no secret, man. And I joked about it for you came on that you're Rich's son, you know, I'm Shane's brother, Cruz's dad, you're Rich's son. And, you know, growing up with, with your dad being a top GNC rider, when did you actually start riding and start racing um, with that background? Yeah, so I, I mean, I started riding riding early. I, I think it was my second Christmas um, that I got my first first bike. It was a PW fifty, and I mean, I started I started riding real early. I mean, probably probably in the neighborhood of you know two or three years old. Um, and, and started racing shortly after that, probably around four or five. I spent most of my most of my childhood um, just trail riding. I did some motocross. Um, didn't do a lot of a lot of dirt tracks. I did some indoor racing, concrete indoors and stuff. You know, as a kid. But but uh, you know, dad was so busy running around racing every weekend that it was it was kind of hard to get into the flat track stuff early. Um, so I was probably. 11 or 12 when I, when I started, you know, racing the dirt track stuff full time and, and really getting involved. I, I got a, a really cool, uh, missile frame Honda, um, CR125. That was, man, it was a sweet, sweet race bike. And that was kind of the start of everything. So, um, Aaron, this is, uh, this is Eric. So Aaron, Eric, um, when you started racing, you said around 11 or so did, were you just strictly local races or, um, you know, see a lot of the kids that are coming up in the sport, you see them kind of doing, um, amateur races in and around the big AFT stuff or, you know, um, so is that kind of what you did or did you do, uh, just strictly, uh, local AMA stuff? Yeah, most most of the racing was local. I mean, I did I did a couple flat tracks, uh, you know, races early, you know, like on a sixty five. 
Um, but most of the racing I did, Iowa really didn't have a lot of, you know, races around here. There wasn't, there wasn't yeah. a real big following. So most of my, most of my time was traveling over to Illinois, like Macomb and Galesburg and, and the little short tracks. I did a lot of indoors, um, a lot of indoor racing. It, it lined up really well with my dad's, you know, race schedule that, you know, cause like I said, he was traveling a lot. So, uh, the indoor season was, was really kind of my, my time to, to race as much as I could. We, we were racing an indoor every weekend that we could, and, and we would travel more in the winter to do indoor, indoor racing. Yeah. I mean, a lot of cokes are up and down. yeah. What did you do? So you're at, you're at Iowa. Have you ever done the, it was a battle of the barn. Did they have that when you were? Oh uh, yeah. That was a little bit later. So yeah, I did the battle at the barn. Um, Gosh, that was probably in like the mid, uh, like 2005, 2006, I think when they started, when I started racing those. That place is um, wild. That was, that was, that was a great time. Yeah. It's a long day over there. There's go-karts and four wheelers and everything. But yeah, I went there yeah, once. That was the last like, time I raced. Go ahead. Last time I raced there, it was, they actually had a twins class. So we took an XR in there oh, and shit. that was, a, that was a real treat to, to run an XR on a, on a track that it was that small and it was interesting. Yeah. I, so, I raced there about know, 10 years ago and I still get some fans that when you come back to race battle of the bar, I'm like, ah, it might be a one and done thing. I, I've, I've told the story on the podcast before, but I like bumped in this, I bumped into like one of the, one of the local kids or whatever. And I barely hit him, dude. Like it was, it was mild. I mean, indoor racing, there's really no rules. You just slam each other. I mean, I, exactly. I might have I might have grazed his number plate. And and he, he when I got up, he like flipped me off and he kept flipping me off. And then when we came off the track, he pulled up and he stuck his I was just letting it go, letting it go. And then we pull off the track. I get up and he sticks his finger and puts it middle finger right in my helmet. I'm like, you know what? Fuck you, dude. And I, I hooked a right and I slammed him into the concrete wall, pulling off the track. And little did I know he was, uh, he's like a local Des Moines local kid or whatever. So I turned, like, as soon as I did it, I got ambushed by like 20 guys. They're like <laughs> yanking me off the bike, wrestling me. I'm five foot six, like trying to fight off all these hillbillies and, the cops had to separate <laughs> us. Yeah, it was super, super entertaining. Yeah. But yeah, it was it was good times. It's uh, you never know it, uh, at an indoor how how heated it's gonna get. <laughs> so Aaron, oh, so yeah, having that you, yeah, yeah Aaron, because you spent so much time racing indoor, can you please let Corey know how superior it is racing indoor than uh cart tracks in the northeast so as an indoor i'm going to call you one of our own as a you know someone from the pacific northwest where you race indoor you, we're going to claim you because you grew up yeah i know but we're going to claim him because he grew up racing indoor racing so he understands how far alpha it is compared to your upbringing so no i'm just kidding aaron but that's really cool to hear that you did so much indoor racing now you kind of grew up in a town you know, I grew up downstate Illinois in the middle of nowhere. So what was like when, when you were growing up, this has nothing to do with racing, but just, to, I, you know, see where your hometown is. It's in the middle of nowhere. What, when, where did you go for like your social aspect, like of living? What was the big town right next to it? Was it, where did you find the chicks? Cedar bro? Rapids? Where were the chicks at? Yeah, the local like, skating rink? Where the hell did you guys go? So, yeah, so I grew up in, in a town south of Waterloo, uh, about 1,500 people is all, so it's a real small town. 
you know, the closest, I guess, place to, to do anything was Waterloo, about a half an hour away. Okay, so, it, and do you pronounce it Dysart? Uh, Dysart, yeah. Dysart, okay, yeah. all right. I haven't yeah. heard that in a while. Yeah, it's kind of yeah. like in a, it's like a uh, pyramid between Waterloo, Des Moines, and Cedar Rapids, so it was kind of like, where the hell do you right. go to see other people? <laughs> yeah. yeah, now Waterloo's the closest, yeah. yeah That's about crazy. About half an hour. Yeah, those Midwest towns are small too. I mean, I where I live, it's pretty. There's a lot of shit around here. Uh, you know, restaurants and a couple malls, and I. It's so crazy to me when I go to the Midwest. You literally have to drive a half hour to find like a Walmart. I mean, it's it's yeah. kind of crazy. I, it's just crazy. I don't know. I just I hate the Midwest yeah. kind of yeah. for that reason. But oh, you're such a hater. We would go to the store on Sundays. That's that would be you know like the the one day a week we would go into into Springfield, uh, to go get, uh, groceries and all that stuff. So yeah. Yeah. Pilgrimage to civilization. Um, well, so you didn't, so growing up, you didn't really race a lot at the amateur nationals and and stuff like that. I mean, I think, I mean, I, I'm going to get into this, but I was, I was there like your horizon award year and, and you know that, but you didn't really race eighties or did you even race two fifties at amateur nationals? Like how many years did you do amateur nationals? Yeah. I'm trying to think back at the first year. The first year I did it was, was over in Indy. Um, and I was on a 125 that year. And I mean, really that was, that was like my, you know, my first real experience at, you know, at a, at a big race like that, everything prior had just been local and, and indoor stuff. Um, I don't even know what year that would have been. That must've been probably, Oh gosh, around like the early two thousands, probably. Okay. Um, yeah. No, I, I raced a one twenty five. Uh, I raced. I had a really, I had a really nice KTM one twenty five, like in two thousand three or two thousand four. I think it was two thousand three. Um, and so I did one twenty fives, and then I and then I rode a uh, KTM four hundred, and then uh, and then got into the four fifties. But no, I, I don't think I ever rode the two fifty class. It was I went right from one twenty five to four hundred. Yeah, and I, I had really a, got along with the I had a uh, I had a 400 KTM too. It was like my dad's trail bike, and then we we set it up because they had a class for they had a 400 mod class, which it's kind of crazy yep. they they had that class because there was only a couple guys. But yeah, and then what yep. I remember from your cup like a couple years at Amateur Nationals and leading into leading into your Horizon Award year, but I remember your dad actually never let you ride the mile, which was, I, you know, rich, rich was a, an amazing mile rider. He won a bunch of Springfields and, 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 you know, things like that. But I remember it always hurt you in the points because he, he said, like, I think he yep. said, like, he didn't feel like you were ready to ride a mile yet. And I, I thought that was, was kind of cool in some regard where, you know, you would basically be leading the points or battling for championships, but he didn't feel you were ready to ride yep. the mile. So that's, that's actually crazy. Can you kind of touch upon that a little bit? Yeah, I guess looking back, I mean, I, at the time, um, it was, it was super frustrating for me because, you know, we had a, we had a pretty good amateur program across the board and, and we would go to some of those events or, you know, at the amateur nationals and do well all week. Um, and I was, I was really frustrated, you know, not to get to ride the mile and, and keep the points and, and try to, you know, try to fight for championships, I guess. Um, I think, uh, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. I, I, I mean, today I'm, I'm, I'm probably happy that he made that decision. Um, 
I just think, you know, uh, at the time, a young kid and, and, you know, being as aggressive as, as we were at that age, um, I think it was, it was probably a smart decision just to, you know, not make a big mistake on a, on a track where you're going really fast. Um, so yeah, I think it, I think it was more of, more of, uh, more about just the, the, the talent of the entire group and the experience on the mile and, and getting tangled up at that kind of speed was, was kind of the thought process. What? Behind it, but. So this would have been 2000, like the late 2000s, right? So 2004, what, uh, 2005, I think. Yeah. Okay. Where yeah, was, where was the coin? Was, it wasn't in a coin at this time. So where was amateur nationals at around this time? Springfield. Springfield okay. Yeah. That's pretty cool that they would have let you ride the, the ride of the Springfield mile. That's like, nobody gets to do that anymore. So um, I could definitely see why you, you would have wanted to ride the, the mile at the time. But um, so did you, so you said you got into the sport or you started racing dirt track around 11 or so when, how old were you when you first started uh, going to amateur nationals? Cause obviously a lot of people will do the, um, you know, amateur stuff, but just kind of do it local. But then, you know, the, then they make the decision, all right, I want to, you know, go to the amateur uh, national stuff. So when did you start doing that? Yeah. Well, the amateur national stuff, I think it was, I, I think I'm pretty sure we went the first, the first year that we had that Honda 125, um, it was an off oh, weekend okay. for the for the Grand National guys and and uh, or an off week, I guess. It was it was kind of always nice because it was in the middle of the week. A lot of the racing yeah. was so so we could make it work. But yeah, I think it was the first year. It was just kind of like just just to put the feelers out there to see where we would stack up against you know I guess the best in the country. So uh, the first year was was uh, I mean it was it was our first year like really kind of diving into the into the dirt track racing and, and like wow. i said leading up to that i just i enjoyed trail riding and and doing some motocross races here or there and i uh, i was i was more serious about motocross at that time um and then uh once we got that that first uh race bike I, i'm pretty sure it was the first year we went to the amateur nationals yeah yeah it's uh i mean i kind of remember remember you amateur honest honestly like battling with johnny lewis i mean at the time he was he was probably yep. the fastest amateur guy in the country and and i got to watch him a lot locally and he would he was beating the pros when he was 14 15 like our top pros i mean jared meese and john era yep. jake johnson and stuff like that and nobody really would give him a run until uh except for you like you guys would go out to amateur nationals and and you'd beat him quite a bit. And then he, you guys kind of battled for the horizon award that year. I don't know if there, anybody else was really in contention. I'm trying to think if anybody else was really in the mix that year. I mean, I just remember you two kind of going at it. So talk about that. Um, the battles with him and kind of your horizon award year, because I wanted to bring up when you actually rode the mile, you, that, that horizon award year, you, you won most of the, most of the races on the mile. So you waited, waited, and then, you know, it paid off. So, yeah, when to kind of bring up that that Horizon Award year, I think yeah. it was 2004. Yeah, I was, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was 2004, yeah. So, um, leading up to that, I mean, I was, I was racing a lot, um, you know, all, all over, you know, the Midwest, Illinois, any, any place really I could find, and, and even more so than racing, I was, I was riding a lot. We used to ride, at this small short track, uh, about a half an hour, 45 minutes from our house. We used to ride there every Wednesday night leading up. So, I mean, I, I had plenty of, plenty of laps in by the, you know, by the time amateur nationals rolled around that year. 
Um, and really, I can't even, you know, going back, I can't really think about who else was even in the class because, uh, you know, Johnny Lewis and I pretty much battled every every race, it seemed like. Um, so, no, I, I was really strong on, like, the TTs and the short tracks at, at the Springfield at the Coliseum there. That, that dirt, that black dirt was real similar to what I had, you know, at home on the practice track and I could prep it real, real similar to what, what that, you know, short track and TT was, you know, the dirt was almost identical. So, so I had the setup figured out and everything was good. It was, it was the, uh, the pea gravel half mile where I really, really kind of stunk up the place. I, I've, I've always struggled on the, I always struggled on the pea gravel. I don't know what the, I just could never seem to get around there. And it just so happened that, that Johnny was, was really, really, good on that stuff so i i think there was a couple of races there he beat me by a pretty good margin so you you know growing up and you know the shadows of your old man and you're you're doing the the amateur nationals what was um for you what was the catalyst for you to say all right i want to try and uh go pro what was there a moment or was it just kind of a conversation that you had um just kind of walk us through when you decided you want to throw your hat in the ring and, and uh, go pro um, I would say it was kind. Of, it was kind of just a natural progression. I mean, we were running all over uh, racing, and 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 the cool thing about it was, you know, going going back and looking at like the the years that we were practicing, and um, I always thought, you know, trying to trying to get faster and get better, you always had to compete against and, and ride with the best. Um, and I I was fortunate enough to have one of the best as my dad. So so every Wednesday night I got to. I got to go out and ride with him. So, you know, it wasn't like we were out there, you know, talking about technique, a bunch or anything like that. We, we just spent a lot of time on the track together. So I could, I could just kind of watch and learn and do everything I could to keep up. And, and it, it kind of, you know, sharpened me into, it sharpened my skills enough to, to make it work. So it was, it was just kind of a natural progression. Um, my amateur career was really good and, and um, I really, I guess, looking back there really wasn't even a second thought it was just kind of this was the path we're going to go and i'm not even sure the discussion was ever had if i wanted to do it or not i think it was just assumed yeah yeah those wednesday night little motos are a good thing and and the thing that you know i think about cruz is you know he's at a really big disadvantage because he doesn't have rich king as a dad helping him so luckily cruz uh, when you're listening older, you'll think back and say, man, I'm really glad that I had uh, Shana as an aunt to really help guide my path. So you're in my thoughts and prayers, Cruz. <laughs> yeah, you're an asshole. Uh, no, I mean, I, I, uh, I won't argue with that. I'm a big Rich King fan. I've, I've always liked Rich. He's, uh, he's done, you know, a lot more than I've, I've done as a pro, but I, I wanted to get your thoughts on, on, um, was he hard on you? I mean, it, it doesn't seem like he was really because he was kind of focused on, on his own career. And, and my dad, he, I didn't really get the, I was always honestly like really jealous that you got to be in a main event with your dad. We'll talk about that later on the podcast. But like when I started to get older, my dad wasn't like healthy enough to really ride with me much. I mean, I got to ride with him a little bit, but not much at all. And I sort of wish I did. And I sort of wish he was harder on me, honestly. I mean, most kids, they, they want their dads to be less, less hard on them. And I kind of wanted my dad to hold me more accountable. I mean, it was for me, if I won or I got 10th, he didn't really show any emotion where I, I wish he kind of coached me more. Like I really didn't, my dad was a grand national rider for 
he had a national number for 16 years and I never really got any sort of riding advice from my dad. That's crazy to crazy to talk about, but he sort of just gave me a bike and let me go ride. And, you know, with your dad being, you know, a GNC winner and contending for championships, factory Harley rider, what, what was that relationship like? I mean, was he, did he rider coach you? Was he pushing you? Like, how was that relationship? Yeah, there wasn't, um, I mean, it, it, it was, uh, he was, he was, he was, you know, hard on me at the right times, I'd say. Um, it was, it was more about, you know, I got to grow up and I, and, and growing up and, and going to the races every weekend, especially, you know, before, before he was a Harley rider, I got to see firsthand, you know, the, the dedication and stuff that it took to, to compete at that level. So, you know, so he was, he was training and he was in the garage working on bikes all the time. And, you know, it was, it was, uh, it was more than two full-time jobs probably to keep up and then, you know, loading bikes up, you know, late at, late at night and head to the races. And, um, so, so me growing up, it, it really, he really wasn't too hard on me unless, you know, as long as, uh, it was more so about, you know, if I wanted to do it and if I was going to commit to it and put the work into it. Um, so the results kind of, you know, kind of came naturally as long as we did the work, you know, on the, on the front end. Cause that's, that was, that was kind of the way he did things was, you know, just put the work in and, and work hard and, and ride a lot and be in shape and make sure your bikes are ready to go and make sure you got the best equipment and, um, and the results would just kind of come. But, so he was never really hard on me at the races and there, there wasn't a lot of like, uh, and there wasn't a lot of like rider coaching throughout the, throughout the years we talked a lot about like line selection and, and starting line stuff and how to get a good start and when you know when the groove starts to polish off and getting up into the you know areas where you're going to get more traction and things like that as far as like technique goes it was it was more so just a natural thing and, and I learned most of the technique just by watching you know I was, I was fortunate I got to watch I got to watch all you know all of the guys that I would say were the best you know, I got to watch Parker as a kid and, and Will Davis and Chris Carr and my dad. I got to, you know, I got to see all the guys. So technique just kind of came. Um, most of the discussion was about like the little minute things that people, that other people really weren't paying attention to. Um, Corey, you know what, it, you, you know, like paying attention to the starting line where guys are getting good starts from. We would watch, you know, I wouldn't just, you know, I'd go to a race and I wouldn't just watch, uh, you know, the pro classes, I would watch the vintage and I would watch the 125 and the 80s and, and everything and try to figure out where the best starts were coming from, where the best lines were, where people were passing, things like that. It was more just about um, racetrack savvy and, and kind of understanding, you know, the little advantages you could get to get to the front. That's uh, you, this, Eric, you bring up a really good point about, you know, all the 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 riders that you were able to watch uh, growing up. And now if you uh, put, put your old man off to the side, who was your favorite rider? Uh, you know, whether that be at the pro level or, you know, that one local pro that just kills it at this one track that has all the style and grace, who, who did you really like to uh, watch more than anyone? Um, gosh, there was a lot of, there was a lot of good ones. I, I had, I had I positive uh, memories with all of them. I would probably say Will Davis. I enjoyed watching Will Davis ride. Um, yeah. You know, in the mid '90s, he he uh, he was he had this ability, like on these groove tracks, to just to to get into the corners so deep and get back on the gas so early. Um, and somehow, you know, he 
he'd stay on the stay on the racing line. Uh, I enjoyed watching him ride. Do you? How much I mean, do you remember? It was all good. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Will was. I the more videos I watch of Will, the, the more I. Uh, it's he's one rider that a lot of these young kids can uh, can watch and study just with how smooth he was. I mean, your dad was really smooth too, but Will just just yeah, I just I love watching any Will Davis videos I can find. I'm I'm uh, I'm just watching them over and over again. But do you have like I was going to ask how much how much do you remember being at the track as a kid? Because we're close in the same age, and I I remember things, but kind of sporadic. You know, I don't remember anything's too specific. I, I do remember, like, I remember when Ricky Graham clinched the title in 93. I remember little instances here and there, but no big moment stands out for me. Did, did your dad have any big wins or do you remember any races kind of that, that your dad was in where it was a big deal or like a strong memory? Um, I mean, I have a lot, I have a lot of memories still from, from so he, he started full-time in 95 um so so yeah i mean i have a lot of memories i i uh probably the one that stands out was was the first uh when he won the first springfield mile i think it was 99 um that one that one kind of always stands out because springfield was such a cool place to go and as a as a kid i mean it was like it was like a giant playground for us with the you know the fairgrounds there and everything so springfield was always a really good weekend that win is something that you know that those memories are are pretty clear still, but no, I, I mean throughout throughout the years, I I have a lot of a lot of memories that pop back up. I remember going to you know Peoria a lot and and down to Florida. You know we went to Florida every year as a family, so that was really cool. Um, I remember going to Lima quite a few times. But yeah, there's I mean there's a lot of there's a lot of memories. Um, Sturgis was always good. Uh, I remember, uh, you know, my dad won, I think it was like in 98 in Joliet on a half mile over there. I remember that one pretty clear too. Yeah. So, Go ahead, Eric. I just, um, no, it's all good. I just, I, I, while you guys were talking, I, I broke the rules, Corey, don't hate me for this, but I went back and I pulled up a clip of, uh, Will Davis writing and Jesus Christ, you guys are both, you're both right. He's so smooth. So sorry to get off topic completely and ruin the flow of the podcast, Corey, but yeah, no, if I, and so the thing with this podcast is I've always been kind of like the, the fan of the sport that gives a, you know, unique, um, um, aspect to it and what we see and what I'm learning as I do these podcasts. And so I pulled up Will Davis's form, Aaron, and yeah, now I see why you really enjoyed watching him. And, uh, that was, that was really cool. So, um, so sorry, we can go back on track now. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's all good. I, I wanted to go into your rookie, like when you turned pro, then you, you jumped in and that time, that time period, it, it was super stacked, especially because you didn't ride a twin right away. I don't think, I mean, you were kind of focused on, on, on the singles program and right. you know, Daytona Springfield TT Springfield short track. I mean, there were a hundred, a hundred, 110 guys uh, at these races and to make the main, they took 18. You had to win your heat when you're, we well, you had to qualify first. They cut over half the riders in qualifying and dude, I sound like such a boomer, but oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, they cut they cut on back in my day. Uh, we didn't have fucking breaks. No, um, we had breaks, but yeah. So they cut half the riders in qualifying and then you had to win your heat or win your semi. And uh, yeah, I mean, that was, it was tough. 
big time tough. Did you did you make a main your rookie year? I'm trying to think if you made one your first year. Yeah, my first year I did. I made the, the Springfield TT. Yep. Yeah. I think I finished 14th, maybe. That was my, my rookie year in the expert class was 2006. No, and, and gosh, was it 06? I thought times, I know, thought it was 05. Was, oh, you were pro sport. Uh, I was a pro I think I was a pro sport, pro sport in 05. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Well, was the, the TT uh, always over there in the bull ring? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because I remember when I was in high school and they were building that thing, but I just didn't know what they did uh, prior to that. So, yeah. Well, okay. you talked about the TT, and then if – so that time frame, there was a movie. It was called Wide Open. Uh, this girl, Jessica, did this, like, documentary that year, and I still have the movie, and I, I watch it every once in a while still. Um, and they highlight the Springfield Short Track that year pretty pretty big. Like, in that movie, it's a big part of the – or the documentary, it's a big uh -huh. part of that doc. And you won your semi in the, in the, on the short track. And your dad also made the main event rich. And that was the first time. Yeah. At a, I think the first time ever a father and a son first, you know, you guys are the only ones ever do it. And I thought, I think, and that, that was, that was a huge, huge moment. At, at what point did that even become a possibility? Um, what did he, 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 he probably happened at the TT, right? Or where did it first happen? Um, I think that short track was where it first happened. I'm pretty okay. sure. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, I think the short track was first. Yeah, I don't, I can't remember. I don't, I don't know that he raced the TT that year. I, I don't think he did. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it was the short track. That day was funny um, because we had we had two Honda 450s uh, ready to go and and. Um, we were, we were pretty much more focused on the, on the small tracks on, you know, on my program and, and he was just kind of in the back seat. So we went out that day and, and leading up to the race, I, you know, I had spent a lot of time practicing and riding. And like I said, we had two bikes and, and I got first pick of, of which bike I wanted. So, um, you know, I picked the, I picked the 450 that I thought was the better of the two. And, and I, I thought it was significantly better. And then we got over there and he beat me on my backup bike. So <laughs> it was, uh, it was cool though. I mean, it, it's, um, like you say, we were, we were kind of focused on mine. I don't think it really set in how, how neat that, that was until maybe a couple of years later. Cause you know, cause he was still actively racing. Um, and then, you know, as, as, as his career started to, to slow down, it, then it started to kind of sink in a little bit how cool that was to, to be in a main event with, with my dad. So going through the years, you, um, I see that you signed with uh Weirbach racing and you, you rode with, yep. uh, Ryan Wells in 2012. Um, what, uh, what did you think about the Weirbach racing deal? Um, I mean, the bike, I'm sitting here looking at the bike. It's an incredible looking bike. Um, you know, and you, yet you, you rode well in 2012. And, uh, so what did you kind of think of that partnership? Yeah, I, I enjoyed, I enjoyed working with, uh, with Dick. We had a, we had, a, we got along really well. He's about, uh, two hours south of, of where I live. So it wasn't a bad commute to go down and, and help work on bikes or talk to him about things or, you know, or do anything, put decals on or talk about setup or change tires or whatever. Um, I really enjoyed that that bike. So we spent we spent 2012 on the it was a Suzuki uh, SV650. I had a I believe I had an Aprilia 550 set up that year too as a backup that that we struggled with. But 
for the most part of that year, um, I rode uh, a Dick Weir box, uh, Suzuki 650, and I enjoyed it. I, I really liked the way the bike handled. Uh, we struggled a little bit on the miles, but our, I think our best finish that year was over in Knoxville. The bike, the bike was great. I, I enjoyed riding it. I really enjoyed riding all the twins that I rode, um, you know, from the from the Suzuki or the Aprilia, the the Harleys. Um, I've ridden quite a few of them, and and I, I really liked all of them. I guess I I didn't really have one that I that I disliked. Yeah, I mean, you you're honestly you've been known as a as a really good short track team short track and TT guy. I mean, you, you did well on all, on all the tracks, but mainly your, I would say your, your best results were on a single. And what was it about, what was it like the single over the twin that you just like, I mean, did, did you seem, you said you liked the twins a lot, but what, what was it about yeah. the single that fit your style better? Maybe, I guess. Um, Cause I mean, did you even ride an X? You said you rode a heart. Whose XR did you ride too? I, I don't yeah. remember. Yeah, I rode I rode some uh, I rode some F and S Harleys for one season. Um, okay. Yeah, so so no, I I think it was just I think I I kind of grew up on the in the you know the first wave of like DTX bikes, you know. So so I I mean I practiced every every week on a you know on a single. Um, my dirt bike was a single. My trail bike, you know, everything. I just I just felt that home on one. And then a lot of the tracks that I raced growing up, you know, were, were all short tracks. Um, I really didn't spend a lot of time on a half mile or a mile. We just didn't have anything like that around. So I think that's, I think that was kind of the biggest, you know, contributing factor was just seat time. Um, but, but no, I, I, you know, I spent, I think the first, it was my first year on a twin. I, I rode uh, my first full year on a twin was, was on the FNS Harleys. Um, and it was just kind of a bad luck year. Every every time we had a, a good day going, something happened. Uh, we were we were running good. Uh, I think I qualified in you know around the top 15 at Springfield uh, in the fall, and and we had one bike that uh, in the heat race broke a, something in the uh, like a rocker arm or something. I can't remember what it was, but then the semi we were we were running good again, and, and something else broke, and then there was we were up in I-96 and, and getting ready to go out for the semi. I, I, I missed the main one spot in the heat race, getting ready to go up to the line in the semi. And, and uh, I looked down, there was uh, oil running out of the rear shock. And, and so, I, so I, you know, Typical Harley stuff, man. <laughs> it never ended. Yeah, it was just, it was one thing after another. And, and so it got to the point really on the XRs, a, dude, where you were like, if you were winning a heat race or a semi or in transfer, I would just pray the bike wouldn't break. I mean, that's how bad, I mean, that's how gnarly the Harleys were. It's like, please don't break. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Like yeah, you that always hear a different sound every time you start it. <laughs> yeah. And then when it blew up, you were hoping it wasn't your bike because it was a, like easy five grand to fix. Like easily. It was oh. so expensive. Yeah, dude, they were, they were stressful. And anytime you low sided a Harley or you like crashed it ever so gingerly, the fucking pipes would break off. So there's, a couple thousand dollars in exhaust yep. you have to fix you know it was they're cool bikes but damn they're fragile um yeah yeah i mean yeah. i remember yeah. i remember you on the aprilia with the lloyd brothers and then on the on the weirbach sv650 which that bike was kind of underrated honestly like you talking about how much yeah, you like it was xvs svs actually were, were pretty solid um you know and and a lot of small teams were running them imagine if somebody 
a bigger team with more budget and testing if they if they would have put put the time into them you know how how well they could have done but yeah i mean you you rode you rode the twins you you i think you rode up until you just i think are on the pod you said 2013 did you plan on sort of quote unquote retiring or was it unexpected i mean what what went into that decision really because I felt you retired really young and you were still very, very competitive. What kind of went into that decision and was it even planned? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't say it was, it was really planned. I, I just kind of got to the point, you know, I, like I said, I, you know, I, I got to see kind of everything. I got to see the, the really goods of, of racing. I got to see kind of the not so goods. Um, and, and as, as my years at a pro, I was, you know, I, I turned pro as, as a pro sport in 2005 and raced through 2013. And I, I um, guess I, I just kind of put a decision in front of my face that summer of 13. I, and I really enjoyed the TTs like Peoria and Springfield, the short tracks and everything. And the risk reward just wasn't paying off. I was, I was working, working my tail off trying to put race bikes together and, and didn't have a lot to show for it at the end of the season. Um, so I made the decision then that it, that it was time to, you know, go back to school and, and try to, you know, get an education and, and, and find something a little bit different. Um, yeah, it was just, uh, it was just a risk reward for me. You know, there was, there was a lot of, uh, there was a lot of races, um, you know, that, that, uh, there was a couple of times, you know, when, when you just got to push past that that hundred percent mark and, and let it hang out a little bit. And, and towards, the, you know, the last couple of years of me racing, it was, it was getting a little bit more difficult to push past that mark. Um, so, and, and my dad always said growing up, you know, if, if you want to do it and you want to go race and you, you got to really, really want it. And you, you know, you got to be a hundred percent invested and, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a serious game and there's a lot at stake. So, so we were always, you know, it was always, if you're going to do it, do it. If you're not going to do it, you know, hundred percent, it's probably best to not do it. Um, so that's kind of where we land. That's kind of where I landed mentally was I, I just wasn't at the point, I guess, in 2013 to, to put 110% into it and, and push up to the, you know, over that limit when I needed to anymore. And, and that was kind of the, you know, the straw that broke the camel's back, I guess. Just decided to, to go a different direction and, and go back to school. So you said you went back to school. Uh, what what did you end up uh, going back to school for? Is that what you do uh, today? Yeah, I went back to school for business, business management. Okay. Yeah. Oh, very yeah. nice, very nice. Um, so when you retired, you a lot of folks need like kind of time away, even if it's like you know just their day. Like you know, it's obviously with you, it's your your you know day to day everything. Live you know, live it, sleep it, breathe it, all that stuff. Um, now we've been a couple of years removed from when you retired, um, the series has gone through a multitude of changes. Are you, are you back into the sport as a fan and do you follow it, um, in its current form or are you kind of one of those folks who are like, Oh, I like the old school days and I don't really follow where it's at now. No, I've, I've always, you know, ever since, ever since that 2013, my last race at Peoria, I've, I don't. I don't miss very many of them. I tune in and watch. I, I don't think I've been to a national since then, but I, I've been a fan ever since. I enjoy watching. Um, you know the 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 days of like the you know the early two thousands and stuff. Those were awesome. The, you know those were those days were great. Uh, not to take away anything from today. I think you know, I think today 
the the show was really good too. Uh, but no, I I still watch every weekend. So did this yeah. season play out like how you thought it would? Do you think Jared was going to get it? Yeah, I thought he was. Um, I mean, I, I just, you know, from the outside looking in as a fan now, I, I, it just seems like, you know, like I said, like I said earlier with, with the work that goes into it, I don't think there's any, it doesn't appear that there's any shortage of work on Jared's side. He's, he's, uh, he, he checks all the right boxes and he comes in with a great program. It's, it's, uh, I think it was expected. I would have, well, I guess I wasn't surprised. Yeah, I saw your dad last year at I I seen him in a couple of races, but I think it was Cedar Lake. I saw him and Amber, uh, Amber's uh, Aaron's oh, yeah. sister. Yep. So I saw him at Cedar Lake, and yep. then I saw him. Well, it was one of the races last year, the year before. He like sometimes does. He would put like pics on his Facebook that people would send me, and he picked me to win one of the races, I think it was Joliet and I won. And I think I messaged yeah. him. I was like, here you go, man. I was like, thanks for the pick. And then I think at Cedar Lake, he picked, uh, it was somebody else. It might've been Zabala. Like I know they're close with Zabala. And, uh, I remember yeah. him picking it when I saw him after the race, I was like, yeah, dude, you didn't pick me this time. <laughs> I, I won Cedar Lake, yeah. but it was, it was cool to, to see him and Amber at the, at the track. It's, it's been a while since uh, since you showed up. Do you still ride at all, man? Like, do you ride in the woods? Do you ride moto, or are you full, full yeah. on? Yeah, I mean, it's been a it's been a couple of years. I I've got a woods bike. Um, it two two winters ago, I took every, you know every nut and bolt out of it and cleaned the thing. It's 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 in perfect condition, just kind of sitting in the corner of the garage. Um, it's been a couple of years. I got I got um, two little girls at home, so that so they keep. Me be busy running around and um yeah i mean I, I i have the itch uh to ride and you know every couple you know maybe a couple times a year i get the itch to go out and ride and, and something usually comes up where i don't do it i play a lot of golf in my free time so that that's the other hobby that i've got but um yeah i got a bike sitting there and, and i actually just about rode it this last weekend i just just uh for some reason didn't go at the last minute but no, I get the itch, I just, it's been, but it's been a couple of years, two or three years at least. So there's a, what you're saying is there's a possibility that you could unretire and come out and show Corey just how incredibly awesome indoor winter racing is. Is, is that what <laughs> is that what we're hearing on the podcast? <laughs> I, I think as a racer's mentality, it, it's always possible, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. That's, uh, yeah, that's no, I, crazy. I, it's been a while. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. I, um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, it, it is wild to think, you know, cause, cause it doesn't seem like that long ago. I was, I was on a motorcycle of some sort, probably, you know, three days a week at least. Um, and then to think now that I've gone, you know, three years without, without riding is, is kind of mind blowing. Yeah. I was talking to Chad Coase on the phone this morning and I was like, yeah, I got uh, Aaron King coming on the podcast. He's like, holy shit, that's a blast from the past. I'm like, yeah, no, man, it's, uh, it's a it's a really cool era of racing that a lot of you guys are just kind of low key, man. Like Ricky Marshall, mm -hmm. yourself, Logan Myers, Nick Cummings, uh, dude. There's a handful of guys, uh, Sconyers, that you don't yep. really hear from. Matt Weidman, you don't hear from them. They don't post anything. They kind of, you know, it's a part of 
a part of that era that you sort of miss as a flat track fan. And when we bring guys like yourself yep. on the podcast, I get so many people that reach out and, you know, they want to, they want to see you guys at the track. So hopefully, hopefully yeah. you could, uh, you can make it to a race next year. I mean, I, you're still in Iowa, right? Yeah. Still in Iowa. Yep. There's just yep. not much yep. out there, dude. I mean, I guess um, what is the closest probably Springfield, Peoria. Uh, Peoria, yeah, and then Springfield, yeah. Yeah. Do you have a favorite have the, rider uh, you watch now, like out of all the guys that, that race? Do you have a favorite rider, like style, or somebody you enjoy on the podium? I mean, who kind of – who do you root for? Um, as far as, like, watching watching the guys on the track, I I like to watch Briar. I'm pretty interested in that in that new KTM. It's fun to watch that thing that thing run, and, and uh, it's – his his corner speed sometimes at you know at certain racetracks his corner speed in the middle is just it's unbelievable um you know how he how he can like two wheel and roll through the corner so fast so so i was excited to see him him win lima this year on the new ktm um like you know like i mentioned earlier it's hard not to root for for jared he he's he's got a good program all the way around and you know back back when when i was racing kenny tolbert um, if, if I, if, if ever I had a question for him, he was always, you know, there to give me a little bit of advice or, or kind of point me in the right direction with things. Um, so, so a lot of respect for, for that team, you know, in general, but, so yeah, those are probably the two guys that I pay attention to the most. So what the question I'll, I'll ask, it'll be, it's kind of a deep question, but I'm interested to see, uh, what your answer is. So as, you know, as a son, you you always want to make your father proud right and so some dads are rich king right and they're um very, very accomplished at the exact same thing that you love and it's your passion do you as a as a kid growing up or as a pro do you remember the first time that your dad like without you know you know without you asking or it being the situation where you really felt that like you made him proud. Like you really blew his socks off and he just like was just blown away with how you do. Cause as a son, you know, that's all we ever want is to make our, our old man proud. So it's probably really memorable for you, but do you remember the first time that on a motorcycle you made your old man proud? Oh gosh. Yeah. I mean, um, one of the, one of the memories that pops into my head that we, that we had a pretty good night was we were over in Burlington, Iowa at a short track and it was a true quarter mile. And I wrote, I wrote our, you know, that missile 125 I talked about, um, finished second that night. I, I would say that was, that was kind of the start of everything. That was a night that went better than expected. I was pretty young and pretty green to the whole dirt track racing, you know, as far as being on a bike. So, so that night kind of stands out. That was kind of the, the tip of the spear, I guess, that, that started everything you know, going forward. Yeah. Yeah. You guys are a close family. Uh, Eric, they actually, they're chiefs fans too, right? Are you a chiefs fan as well? My dad, my dad's a hardcore chiefs fan. His dad, Rich is a big Kansas city chiefs fan. Go. Yeah. So I lived in Kansas city for a number of years. I went to, I got my master's degree over there in Missouri and, uh, yeah, I've been a Royals and chiefs fan my entire life. So I enjoy sucking. So the current, uh, the current team is making me uh you know really proud having gone through so many bad seasons so yeah that's awesome no one cares no i guess i mean going back and like you know towards towards the end of like my i guess you'd say like racing career there was there was a couple moments 
you know, throughout, you know, where I just kind of look back and I, I step back and said, man, I don't know. I don't know if I can do that. And, and, and one of the ones that, that stands out, I got to kind of mention this, I guess, but we were, we were doing some testing on a mile. It was, it was over in DuCoin and we had just built this, this XR that was like, I mean, the thing was, it was beautiful. It was from the ground up brand new, all the, you know, all the fancy parts. It was, it was a good, it was a beautiful XR and we, we did some testing and, and I remember going out and we didn't want to put a lot of time on the bike. It was, it was one of my dad's uh, mile bikes that he was going to be racing. And so I got to ride it and I went out on, on the mile and I, I, I think they said do like four laps or something. So I went out and, and did four laps. And when I got back in, I, I handed the bike over and my dad's like, you know, how, how was it? How was the bike? And man, this thing's perfect. It handles perfect runs good I, I mean there's just no complaints and I, I remember saying to him as a I don't know if I said it to him or said it to to one of the guys that was standing there I I said uh I don't think there's anybody that can that can go faster than I just did I, I said I don't think I let off the gas for four laps and at that time he's putting his helmet on and and he goes out on the track and like the second lap is a half a second a lap faster than I was <laughs> And I'm like, oh well, I guess uh, I guess it is possible to go faster. Oh man, deflated. Yeah, it's yeah. those old those. Yeah, you can't underestimate those those old guys, man. They, I I remember racing your dad. It was probably in 2016 or 2017. I was I was definitely faster. It was evolution. I was a hundred percent faster. But he was so he's one of the craftiest racers ever. Like yeah. Rich is crafty and. And yeah, he would just beat me off the line and made himself really wide. And I could yeah. not get around him. I threw everything at him and, uh, and he beat me, dude. He was probably, I don't know how old he is now, but he's probably 50, right? I don't, how old's your dad? Probably, he was probably, uh, he, he was probably 50 at the time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he, he was, was 50. 50 in yeah. And, yeah. And it was the yeah. year, it was like the year or two before I won my first production twins title. So I was riding pretty, pretty good. And, uh, yeah, he beat me heads up and, I was, uh, it was, I was, I mean, I was bummed, but I was stoked like just to race him. And I never got really to race with him much. Like I turned pro and, uh, I think my first year was 08 and I might've did a couple of races. I think in there, the rules were weird then. Like I could ride a single, but I couldn't ride a twin. And I think I raced him on a single at like Springfield short track a little bit, but I never really got to race with him. And that was a, a really cool moment. Um, like when I tell some of these kids how old I am, cause I'm 36 and a lot of these the kids, they forget how old I am. Cause I act and I look kind of young. I'm like, bro, I fucking raced with rich King and George Roeder. Like, I'm kind of old. <laughs> like it's just, they're like, no, I'm like, yeah, man, it's sick. So, um, so yep. it's always, it was always cool. I never really got to race with you much e either. Like when I was younger, you were quite a bit faster than me. So I think on the twin a little bit, we, we might've had some battles, but yeah, man, it's, uh, yeah. It's been cool was for it, sure. Was it uh, my first twins? I think it was my might have been my first twins main event. I can't remember. It was definitely the first one on the on the Aprilia over in Ohio someplace. I think uh, you might have finished one spot ahead of me on that. Oh, Yola, mile, Yola Park. That's the yeah. one where Joe yep. Cop lapped everybody, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 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 Yeah. That was yeah. My first no, there race was a. On the there was a couple times we raced together, but the tracks you were good at, I sort of struggled. And then the tracks I would do well, you, you had a tough day or something, but, um, always had a, a lot of respect for you guys and you're, uh, on the track and off, but you guys always had really cool style. And 
I like going back and looking at uh at photos and and stuff from that era. It was always always really cool. Um I had a we do a segment on this pod which it's called the high low segment and you're I'm going to try I'm going to try to get some some grittiness out of you cuz you're you're a very <laughs> nice person by nature and I'm going to try and get just a little bit of a you know we'll see what we come up with here but uh I have five oh, yep. five questions here and uh this or that with a brief explanation on why uh this one's not very gritty at all but Springfield TT or Springfield short track what are you picking Oh, TT, hands down. Yeah, I think that's probably probably a favorite among among everybody. You never rode like you yeah. you retired before they ran twins on the on those kind of tracks. What what do you think of them TTing twins now? Uh, I like it. No, I I like it. I think it's. Uh, I was the first the first year. I was surprised how well they you know how fast they were. Um, but I like it. I mean. I didn't even know what what was the first year that they raced twins. Seven, Seventeen. 17? Yep. Yeah, yeah. It's not bad. No, I I um I like it. I think it was good. I think it's a good change. It's nice to keep you know keep guys on the same equipment every week. I think. Um, yeah, I think it was a good change. I like it. Yeah, I agree. It's it's, it's surprising how fast they go on some of those small tracks. Dude, they're as fast as the singles, almost like or faster. Yeah. I mean, it's. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. I was skeptical at first, but I'm, I'm actually a fan of that, of that change. Um, so we talked about, I, I, so I had all these listed before we even chatted. Um, Aprilia twin or SV, which one did you like better? Um, I would probably pick the Aprilia. Oh, really? Um, okay. Yeah. I'd probably pick the Aprilia. It was, it was, um, I, I don't know. It was something about that bike. I just spent a lot more time on it. I think the SV, if I, if I would have spent more time on the SV, it, it could have been different, but, but I mean, there was, there was years, a couple of years there that I, you know, that Aprilia thousand was on my mind, um, you know, 20 hours every single day trying to figure out, you know, how to, how to get around the track better on it. So, um, we had a pretty good day over, over in Indy 2010, I think it was, um, I just, I, I really enjoyed riding that bike. Um, I'd probably say Aprilia. Okay. When it's all said and done, who's going to be looked at as the greatest to ever do it? Parker or Meese? Oof, that's a tough one. Um, probably, gosh, I don't know. I don't know if I could answer. <laughs> They're both really good. Uh, you gotta get gritty. <laughs> At this, at, I guess if I had to pick today, I'd probably say Parker. Yeah, I, just, I mean, know, I growing got, up in the sport, it's track. yeah, being a, a like a kid that's our age, growing up in the '90s, it's hard to look at. It's a kind of like the jo Michael Jordan argument. I mean, it's, it's they're they're just icons because they, yeah, it's it's just weird because Meese is still racing and he's approachable, kind of. You know, what I mean, like he's there. People see him a lot, and when, when these kind of riders or athletes they they stop showing up they start to build that that legacy legend status kind of and it's yeah i get where you're i get what you're saying i i love parker growing up watching him he was he was the guy and it's just it's also hard because of how well-rounded meese is um and how long he's done yeah different equipment and it's 
it's going to be an yeah. argument that people people will probably laugh at that laugh at that question and think it's not even close. It's Parker, but I mean, if you sit down and think about it, you can make a strong argument for both. And I hate giving Jared that that uh that clout right now, but uh, but he's earned it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. As far as being a well-rounded writer, I mean, I he can write anything. I mean. Singles, he's been on, yeah, I mean, anything. He goes good on the TTs and the short tracks, obviously the miles. There's just something about Parker, like, in the in the late 90s that was that was fun to watch. Yeah, um, exactly. You know, like, when he would roll out on, you know, on the racetrack at Lima for the first practice, it was, you know, just, it was just cool. It, yeah. Yeah, it was, just, it was just fun to watch. All right, I got two more for you. This one's kind of gritty. Uh, best tuner of all time, in your opinion, the uh, Bill Warner or Kenny Tolbert? Kenny Tolbert. Love that. Yeah, love that. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, I'm I'm obviously I'm pretty vocal about not being a huge uh Bill fan, but he does listen to the podcast, Eric. I uh, his name pops up on the SoundCloud huh. analytics, so yeah, he listened quite a bit That's last cool. week. So shout out to Big Boar Bill for uh, listening to the pod, man. He's uh he's always been an asshole to me. Like every time I would, I would talk to him, he really didn't have time for me. So yeah, Kenny Tolbert is like the people's champ, but I think it like what, what Kenny's done with so many different bikes and riders and, you know, just a guy that was very, very successful with a, with like a car bike, basically a vintage bike. And now he's, you know, figuring out the electronics and figuring out the, the, the significant change over the years and still win it. It's just crazy. It's really underrated. What, what Tolbert's been able to do, and I'm trying to get him on the pod. He's not much of a talker, but um, well, yeah, he would put the he would put those you know singles together. What was it that Chris wrote for a while? Was it a, a Vore? Vore, yeah, no one's ever heard of him. Yeah, yeah. and he won. No one's ever heard of that. And, and he, yeah, I mean, it, and they would do good. So yeah, I mean, yeah. he's yeah. gonna have the first electric Ford. bike win. He's gonna take one of those Starks, and it's gonna it's gonna win fucking Daytona next year or something. I don't know. Yeah, he's. He's underrated. It's cool though that you 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 because I know I think Warner did Warner work for did he work for your dad at all? Because I you mentioned uh, Tolbert yeah, was giving you yep. kind of advice too, and I think that's cool, man. Like Kenny just helps out everybody. It seems like so. Yeah. So so um, Bill Bill and my dad worked together for for I think it was a couple of years there with Harley, and then uh, it was about a half a season or so. I rode I rode one of Bill's Kawasaki, so I. I, I traveled around with Bill and and raced the Kawasaki when they were kind of in the development stages of that bike. Yeah, did it did it have a green chain then? I think it did. I'm pretty sure it did. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not. Crazy. I don't know for sure, but it, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, he used to have green uh green chains. He'd throw on those things, man. It yeah, it was, he had green shoelaces. Yeah, he was a big big Cali guy back then. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. This one's kind of kind of dumb, but. I'll, I'll, I'll reference why I asked here after I ask you, but, uh, do you prefer a down pipe or up pipe? Probably a down pipe. Yeah. I heard, uh, I heard they were thinking about outlawing down pipes for next year. I, I don't know if they're still doing that, but they, I heard that was yeah. around. I'm like, why would they do that? It's not really that, not really. I don't know. I don't understand it, but yeah, you always, that's why I asked you always had that. You always had like really throaty down pipes. So on your bikes oh yeah 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 no i think i don't know it was just it was just kind of like it just it's kind of the old school way um i don't know i just think they look cool 
Yeah, it's kind of flat track in a way. Yeah, we always look cool to go fast. What about front fenders, man? Uh, Are you a front fender guy? No front fender guy. (laughs) I'd probably say yes to the front fender. Yeah, good answer. (laughs) Yeah. It's funny though, because when we all started riding DTX bikes, we immediately would take off the front fender, put a flat track style front number plate on, and put the biggest like AFAM flat track bars on our DTX bikes. And and now it's yeah, if you don't run a front fender on a DTX bike, it's it's kind it's hideous, absolutely hideous. And you know, it's just something that then it was mandatory you had to run a front fender. Like it's. There's been some really we- weird rule changes over the years, and you've uh, you've been a part of a lot of them. So yeah, front yeah. front. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Well, the well, only thing going about the uh, the downpipe and the front fender, I mean, don't you think that it just could be them trying to keep those bikes as production looking as possible to then go and sell that to the manufacturers of like, hey, you can really get more sales by being in our sport. That's just kind of where my brain went. By keeping them looking like they're on the showroom floor. I don't right. think, uh, yeah. yeah, I agree. But I also don't think the manufacturers care that much about <laughs> about what we do, unfortunately. I mean, we've tried to pull them in for years and they just kind of, they'll give a, they'll give a team a box full of t-shirts and, and then they, uh, you're going to get me on a rant. Like uh, Callie will give, Callie will give like <laughs> somebody a box full of t-shirts and then the the team just plasters Kawasaki all over their rig, their bike everyone's like oh yeah. it's really cool to see kawasaki involved it's like bro they gave him a fucking box of t-shirts and that's the problem with flat track they these teams they get they get a, a box full of free shirts and they they promote the brand and they're like the brand's laughing it's like dude we don't have to we don't have to really do anymore i gave them a box of shirts and their whole bike is green they got tat you know they got kawasaki tattooed on their forearm it's like you know we don't we don't need to we don't need to jump in any farther so Anyway, a little off topic here, but yeah, man, it was, uh, it was really, really cool to just chat you, dude. It's been a while. It's cool to, cool to talk to you. And, uh, hopefully you got to come to Peoria or something next year, dude. You just got to come out. Yeah, no, I appreciate you guys having me. This, this has been fun. I, I, I do have to get to one. Um, I don't know, probably, it would probably be Peoria, Maybe Springfield. I don't know. I like watching Lima too. It's been it's been a Lima. long time since I've been over to Lima. Eric's favorite track, yeah. Lima. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I, I can the hospital. figure out Lima, but I like I like watching there. <laughs> yeah, Lima's yeah. Lima's tricky, but yeah, Eric uh, cartwheeled his hooligan bike there this this year, and uh, yeah, I'd do it again tomorrow if I could. Best <laughs> fucking track I've ever ridden in my life. Oh, it's so gnarly. You listen to the pods though too, right? What's your what's your favorite interview we've had? Oh boy, I, I don't know. Um, I'm trying to think about some of the past episodes. So I, I, uh, I travel quite a bit for work. So yeah, I I listen to most of them. Um, go back and and look at um, the Ricky Howerton one. The the recent ones was really good. Um, yeah. I used to, you know, I just, I kind of in the middle of the, of the Chad Coast episode right now. And, and I haven't talked to Chad in a long time either. So that was, that was kind of a fun one to listen to. Yeah. Back, so what you're oh, saying is that all you, what you're saying is that all your favorite podcasts are once I came on and once we got rid of Robbie Bobby. So good <laughs> to know that. Yep. Yep. <laughs> oh, 
fucking rob yeah yeah man uh, it's uh we appreciate you taking the time to come on and i'll have to dig up some old photos i'll have to hit up uh dave honig he he helps us out quite a bit with old photos and well uh i gotta find one of, of me and you or me and your dad i know there's got to be one out there i have to check my my photo albums and see if i can find one of us battling for like 11th somewhere together <laughs> but uh yeah, man, it's uh, right. it's cool right. to have you on, yep. and uh, I'm gonna pester you about about coming to a race next year. I'm gonna hit you up and put a bug in your ear. So, yep. yeah, thanks for coming on. Yeah, yeah, I'll have to get to one. I I, I definitely need to. It's like, it's on the list. I just just uh, things got busy, and it's it's hard to get away. But yeah, I need to get over to one for sure. So, cool, man. Well, yeah. uh, take thanks care, dude, and. It's uh, it's good to chat. It's good to hear from you. Good to hear you're doing well, and uh, we'll we'll catch up with you here soon. Alrighty, sounds good. Thanks, guys. See you, Aaron. Yeah. yeah. Bye. What a nice guy. It's just I love. It's just so sweet. Yeah. So sweet. A, he's a nice guy, man. He's he's always been like that. I've never really seen anything like you know any emotion. He's just super uh super chill, man. He goes out, rides, likes riding his bike, and. I do. We I just miss miss watching these guys ride. I mean, even it's cool to get get a dose of some of these riders who come out and they still line up and and race at the local level. And yeah, I just think it's these riders aren't appreciated enough when they're racing. Um, when they step away, it's like, damn man, I you know I I miss watching miss miss watching that guy go out and ride or or what have you. And I just don't think riders are celebrated enough. They're kind of disposable. You know what I mean? It's, uh, Oh, he's done. Who gives a fuck On to the next, you know? So it's cool to kind of go back and, and hear some of that insight from, from those mid 2000, late 2000 years. Yeah, no, we call those the, uh, the Jake Johnson years. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That was a confusing time back then where, the rules were constantly changing and leadership and yeah, it was, it was tough, man. And it's, uh, and I love that, like that aspect of him and his dad racing together. I'm super jealous of that. And that's kind of been one of my goals jokingly is trying to stay in shape. So one day I can, I can be in a main event with Cruz, but the way things are going now, I basically just need to sign up. So it's kind of lost. It's, kind of lost its uh accomplishment a little bit where you know it was a lot tougher to make main events back then i mean dude it was hard you had to win your heat or win your semi um to make the final if you didn't win either one of those you got a bad start you were fucking done i mean there was there was a lot of good riders who would not make the main events at daytona springfield um very very like chris carr didn't make the main event one year at daytona jared meese i mean guys were just not making main events one bad start on a short track and that's what makes flat track so challenging i tell these riders everyone's so close in speed because there's only so you can only go so fast in a circle so the yeah. racecraft that he talked about that's what is so key in being successful at this sport because you can only go left so fast you know what i mean you have to figure out other ways to, yep. to win so so let's see. So you're 36, Cruz is six. So all you got to do, okay, that's not that's not impossible. I'd be 46 when he turns 16. Yeah. So yeah, you could do that. Fuck yeah, I could do it. I'm like just built different, dude. Athlete. Um, do you see me play that game at the arcade where I knock down all the clowns with the ball? 
Yeah. That's a, that's athletic. That's a, that's being yeah. an athlete. So, all right, all right, that's it. We'll uh, we'll put that on the board. I think that's possible. Ten years for sure. Yep. Oh, it's totally possible. Yep. Yeah. Fucking Ronnie Jones is like sixty, bro, and he could go out and get top ten. Yep. So. Yep. Yeah. So Let's we'll go. uh Riding's we'll revisit that. I'll get my. I'll start charging up my e-bike because that's what we're going to be riding probably in 10 years. We'll have e-bikes and <laughs> at this rate, we'll have five races what do you on get, the schedule. So, <laughs> what we got to do though, is you got to, uh, next year though, you're going to have to sign up and steal some uh, lunch money from, uh, too tall. Show them what, a, show what kind of a dog you are. Yeah. I had to let him know this weekend. He, he yeah. raced over the weekend. Okay. I had to let him know. Yeah. Every once in a while I, I have to <laughs> let, uh, Trent know or, or Evan, no, Cody. Um, <laughs> once again, I'm one to know against Cody for this year. Yeah, um, he likes to talk a lot of oh. shit. But yeah, he was making fun yeah. of my boots, and I I commented back congratulating him on his uh, podium in the B main at Dairyland. That was a huge compliment. <laughs> so, <laughs> so just just letting them know. Uh, it's cool though. I I like to joke around. I was just like, it's cool though, dude. You were on a stock bike, like that's that's why you're on a stock bike, and I was on a stock bike too. So I mean, we we won't bring that up, but um, yeah, no, it's uh, gotta let them know every once in a while. I, I like. I love when Jared, you know, Jared still does well, or, you know, these kids are just, they're great riders, but you can't underestimate the guys who've done it for a long time, you know, and talking with Aaron about his dad, Rich and Ronnie Jones, and these guys that hop on the bull tacos and they still get it on. It's, it's, it's impressive for sure. So yeah, we'll see, man. Probably won't do it, but I can't even plan it because I don't have a schedule. <laughs> so I don't even know. I don't even know what races are on the schedule. I heard there's only there's only I mean, maybe like two miles, uh, three if you count a doubleheader at Springfield. Uh, I mm-hmm. I'm for sure. I know they're not going back to Sacramento. Yeah, I've heard. I've, yep. I've heard yep. they're not going back to Castle Rock. Yep. And I could yep. be wrong. Like they'll probably if no. they put the schedule. Oh, I heard. I'd be wrong. I heard so. that rumor too. I heard. Yeah, that rumor Red too Mile. Chad told me they lost the red mile and I was like, well, they better go fucking find it. Cause that track was, I like that track. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah. I heard no red mile. I'm figuring double header at Daytona, you know, Lime is going to run last Saturday in June, you know, Peoria yep. is going to run. Yeah. Um, you can kind of like, you know, pretty much most of the races on the schedule. I did see West Virginia is getting sold or it's posted for sale. So, um, so, well, you know, in West you Virginia, know. you got to get that, that, yeah, I get that meth money. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> You're not kidding. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that's, that's off the schedule probably. Right. If they're selling the facility, uh, I did hear Middletown is back mm. on the schedule, which I think it's pretty dumb. Like all aspects yeah. of that place sucked. I thought, but it's cool. It's I, the only th- cool thing about it is it's three hours from my house. So it's not, yeah. it's not bad, but yeah, I think I still, I would love to see them go across the border and get a, a Canadian round. I think that would be dope. Now we know there are a lot of people in our pits that would not be able to cross the border because of time spent getting to know police officers. But I just think it would be pretty cool <laughs> if we could uh, get a Canadian uh, Canadian round in the series. Yeah, they, I don't they, they, I don't see why we couldn't. Like they they do the yeah. fans choice races. Uh, they fans yep. choice a couple of the events. They, um, <clears throat> I mean, in like baseball, they have you know, hockey, baseball, they, yep. they have teams in Toronto or Montreal at one point. So yeah, it, it could, it could definitely be done for sure. Uh, NFL, they're going over to London and 
obviously we, we can't, we don't have the infrastructure to ship bikes across the pond, but we could definitely do a, a racing. Well, Canada. I wonder if they've ever done anything like that. I mean, I can't think of any, I mean, it's called American definitely know tracks though. North America. Right. So we yeah, know, sure. Shit. We're not going to FIM because you know, we just all get disqualified. Oh, I saw know, he won. Or, uh, or won that. Yeah. I saw he won. So. Yeah, about time i would have won by now for sure if i oh, was it five races i would have got a i would have got one by now so <laughs> i'm just fucking with you sammy uh yeah good it was good to see him get a win finally so yeah um probably would have happened sooner if he didn't sneeze and blow up blow the guys off their bikes at the other races but yeah generally speaking man i it'd be uh it'll be interesting to see the schedule once we get it because just playing it like everybody's trying to plan and get sponsors and stuff so at this point um yeah yeah and then the silly season stuff it's a lot of stuff bouncing around here uh we talked a little bit about it but maybe we'll do a, a patreon episode where we we talk about that our next episode on patreon is going to be the we're going to discuss wheels wheels and tires t- different tire yeah. brands different wheels wheel widths things like that heavy wheels putting How liners juice them yeah like tire prep putting liners in your wheels cutting your tires we're going to water into the nitty gritty water. Yep. Water wheels. Um, maybe I'll hit up like Brent Armbruster or one of my buddies who's a yeah. accomplished mechanic. Maybe he'll help us out with that episode, but yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. I appreciate everybody for subscribing on Patreon. We're going to do a, I'm going to do an after hours pod with Chad and Noah. We're going to do a Chad coast, Noah chambers after hours pod, which definitely don't yeah. listen to it in the car with your family. Um, it'll be, <laughs> it'll be, uh, yeah, it'll be a, rated uh not pg episode uh it won't be too gnarly but for sure there's some fun memories that we want to kind of talk about and traveling to the races together and things like that so we'll do a we'll do a podcast there thanks everybody for subscribing on soundcloud itunes spotify winter throwdown i'm going to keep plugging it on the podcast biggest amateur race of the year january 11th 13th callahan florida one the second annual 1v1 bracket racing on thursday and then two ama major featured events on friday and saturday you can sign up online this year i'm not making people print off the paper and email them there's a there's a link on the cory texter promotions facebook page and on our website corytexterpromotions.com go sign up save some money um payment done at the event but if you sign up and you pay at the event you'll save some money on sign up as well Everybody that signs up, I'm going to, I'm going to pit you guys closer to the track. Um, so if you sign up and no, I'm just kidding, I'm not doing that, but, uh, <laughs> I thought about, you're like, fuck, I need to sign up. Did you sign up yet? Uh, no, I signed the, I got the thing filled out. Yeah. Okay. The yeah. Google I, doc. Right? It's fine, yeah. bro. I, I don't even, uh, charity and my mom, they do all that, but yeah, we're getting quite a few signups this year already, like a bunch of West coast so, kids and, and stuff like yeah. that. So I'm, I'm hoping it's a, it's going to be a really good year. And uh, we'll have some epic racing. the The one v one, I'm I'm stoked for that. So that's gonna be. We should have a one v one of the fifty class. And no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Somebody already mentioned that we need to have a one v one hooligan and one v one fifty. Shut up! I'm like, dude, nah, we ain't doing that. So we don't need to stroke egos anymore. They're professional riders because people pay to see them, not us. <laughs> I had a funny story actually. Well, it's not even funny. It was super. I was super uh, spun out by it. But at uh, uh, shell hammers this weekend um somebody came up and they're like hey you have to put an x on your number because evan's number 65 
And I was, I, I was like, no fucking shot. Am I putting an X next to my number? And they were like, yeah, you have to. And they were, I was like, you're kidding. And they, they weren't kidding. And, uh, charity, the girl that does our sign up, she's a friend of mine. She does the sign up for winter throwdown as well. I, she's like, yeah, well, Evan's district, you know, number 65. And you know, you're not, you don't have a district card. I'm like, there's no way I'm lining up next to Evan with my number that I've had since I was a kid that I've had a national number one championships with, and I'm not putting an X next to my number and letting this fucking kid run my number. <laughs> There's no way. And, uh, yeah, I was spun out. I was like, I was, I was being really petty about it. I was like, dude, I'm not fucking racing with an X on my number. So I, uh, <laughs> I made, I, I told Evan, I was like, listen, dick bag, if you don't put an X next to your number, you're not staying with me in Florida this winter. And I was like, you're out. <laughs> Is like, all right, all right, relax, dude. I'll put an X next to my number. So, yeah, yeah, that awesome. was interesting. It's funny. And then you funny. put him in the gym and you put him through the work. You put like a bunch of weight on his, uh, his machine. <laughs> yeah, he's at low weight. So, we'll low a, weight, low we'll weight. Do a, we'll do a training pod here on Patreon as well. Yeah, like, absolutely. I don't get into my, my training too much, but yeah, we, I'm, I'm a big low weight, high reps. I mean, I'll do, yep. I'll throw decent weight, but I'll do 20 reps on the bench or I'll do, you know, when guys are doing four or six, I I'm a high rep guy. And, and to be fair, the picture Evan was really low because it was, it was chest, uh, chest and shoulder. We're doing a little bit chest and shoulders and he's, uh, he's coming off getting a plate in his collarbone. So to be fair, he's, he's really low right now. Just trying to get range of motion back, but, um, he did like, we love him. So we are going to make fun of him. Yeah, he did double the weight know, pretty much by the end of the end of the session there. Oh, yeah. But yeah, we're working. We're no, working. Doubt for sure. No, it's uh, that the low high. I mean, that's all about blood pressure, getting the, you know, the the pump going. I mean, there's a science behind it. So we'll definitely do a pod on, uh, you know, Patreon about, you know, training and and, and break down all that science and, and, and get, yeah. you know, pull back the layers on it. Because that's that's the shit that I nerd out on. So, yeah, you want to know yeah. about that. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah. And, uh, the theory of around training for racing, it's always changing. It's always changing. Like back in the oh, day yeah. is where guys were training, um, as football players, the race, like they were doing workouts that definitely weren't effective. And then everyone is, nope. was big on the cardio and I'm still a big cardio guy, but they're pushing cardio, pushing things like that. But now it's, um, the, the strength training is coming back. A lot of guys are doing the CrossFit workouts and, um, you know, and there's different ways to train. Everyone has different theories on it, but, uh, so yeah. I'll, I'll bounce this one off you. We'll put this little free nugget out there. I've always said, no matter what your sport is, you need to train your mind more than the muscles. And and, and what I mean by yeah. that is if you like, you gotta be like, when you're at, when you're doing your reps, like, you know, your sport, you know, if you're doing one football play and it's 10 seconds and it's over and then you're taking a break, but you got to train your mind to work hard because you can't give up. So when you go to the gym, people that are listening, like, yeah, if you're going to do cardio, fucking run, you know what I'm saying? If you're going to do low weight, get that pump. So it's all about, you know, training your mind. So well, it all comes down to comfort training. I mean, guys, they'll go out and they'll train. I call it comfort training. Well, they'll they'll run a mile. They'll go to the gym and they'll walk around and do a little bit of weights, but no matter how in shape you are, you got to have that dog in you too. Cause there's a lot of yep, guys that are yep, in shape yep. that are just, I could, you know, I could deflate them in main events. And I think that's one thing about um, when we do our training pod, where I think I can give some valuable, valuable information is just 
having that push the whole race, having that, that mental strength to match your physical strength you're putting in during the week, um, is key. And, uh, yeah, it's something that there's just no better way to describe it, but you get, like you said, you nail it. You got to have a dog and like, I don't know how else to articulate it, but you gotta, you have to out want it and you got to train your mind to enjoy the suck. So that's it. Yep. Yep. Yeah, man. Well, this is a good pod. I was stoked to have Aaron King on. We'll keep these pods going. Definitely shout out these sponsors that support us. Mission Foods, Bell Power Sports, Yamaha Motorsports and Yamaha Racing, Indian Motorcycle, Moto America, Dunlop Motorcycle Tires, Jerry Stinchfield at Roof Systems for keeping the pod going since day one. And uh, all you guys as well, all the fans. A lot of love. Appreciate you guys. Until next time, we out. We out.